Hey, Alex. Yeah, does it? Do you like podcasts? Well, that's kind of a loaded question. I don't see how. It is the South's answer to Miskatonic University. Surely you're not talking about the Alexandria archives that can be found at WHAU Signal on Twitter? The very same. They can also be found at www.alexandriaarchives.com. That's Alexandria, spelled like Alex, like your name, followed by A-N-D-R-I-A, and then archives, A-R-C-H-I-V-E-S.com. It's a really cool show that has elements of, how did you describe it to me once, Alex? Night Vale meets Radio Free Roscoe? Yeah. I think that sounds like a pretty cool show. It's a campus radio station, basically, set in a uh, an alternate dimension in the Southern American United States, so. And if you tune in, you might hear a couple of familiar voices as well. I mean, it's a possibility. It can be found, again, on iTunes, can be found on their website, alexandriaarchives.com, and on Twitter at WHAUSignal. And it is really worth your time. If you like shows like Welcome to Night Vale, or if you enjoy fiction with elements of of out-of-this-world kind of aspects while keeping the comedy, you'll really enjoy it. And they've been kind enough to help support the show, so you should really check them out. We recommend it. Yeah, yeah, Wendigos. Yeah, yeah, Wendigos. At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. He lurks in the shadows, keeping watchful eye over all of us. The cryptid we need, the cryptid we deserve, and we're the podcast that, for some reason, gets to talk about him. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Cryptid Keeper Podcast, the podcast for cryptids. And they're keepers. I'm your host, Alex Flanagan. <laughs> I'm Addison Peacock, and I, for the thousandth time, wish there was a visual component to this show so that you could see the look that Alex just gave me when she finished her little spiel. It was like a cheeky little, like, wink. Kind of it was a cheeky little wink, like, you're a keeper of the cryptids. Aw, that was cute. You're a keeper. <laughs> you're a keeper. That's adorable. It's really adorable. We're gonna, like, make a bank on some Crypto Keeper Valentines mm-hmm. while the kids for their elementary school parties go and, uh... How many of our listeners do you think are at elementary school? Five. <laughs> <laughs> Who left them on Just the internet? conservative guess. Oh. I'm a little... I feel like I should watch my language now a no, little bit. you should have been watching your language from the get-go, Addison. Oh. You kiss your Kelpie with that mouth? <laughs> no, I would stick to it. That's true. <laughs> okay, so uh, we were uh, absent last week because of a podcast gremlin of some sort, rather, my computer freaking out. So this time we will be avoiding that. Hopefully, knock on wood. Don't worry, it's not Owen Wilson. It's just me knocking on wood. Uh, yeah, he's not going to make appearance this early. Yeah. We got to keep the intrigue going a little longer. It's an early, Also, it's an early morning. I thought you meant this um, early in the morning. Okay, right quick. I need to make a note of something. Mm-hmm. I am the one who gets it all the time on this podcast for the crinkly noises I make with the things I'm eating on air. And I want to clarify, dear listeners, that latest little paper wrapper sound, not me. Alex, I am innocent. What are you doing right now? Uh, well, okay, I'm doing my makeup. <laughs> I am literally doing my makeup as we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Um, but so maybe if I want some morning time sustenance, I'm not the villain. No, I never said you were a villain. I simply said that we're not so different, you and I. <laughs> 
Oh boy. Okay. Which makes me the super villain in this context, but I'm monologuing. But yes, I am fully just like drawing on eyeliner as we go because I have a life outside of this podcast. Oh, okay. I'm kidding. No. Um, but hey, mama always said I had a face for radio. Oh no. Did she? No, she didn't. My mom okay. would never. Okay. And I was going to say, this is, do you need to talk about it? Welcome to a therapy podcast with Addison and Alex where we explore our fears and none of them are mythological. <laughs> okay. Except for we've definitely gone there a couple times at oh, least. Oh, we totally have. I am the keeper of this week's cryptid. After last week's cryptid, I was supposed to be keeping got eaten by the podcast gods. They took it as a ritual sacrifice. I figured out a different cryptid. The one that was supposed to appear and was eaten uh, by the podcast gods and ritual sacrifice will appear at some point on the show. I just didn't want us to feel like we had to recreate all the really, really spicy goofs that we made in that episode. They were pretty solid. They were pretty solid. Pretty tasty goofs. I am here as the keeper of this week's cryptid with what is one of my favorite named cryptids in recent uh, study, uh, because it sounds like it might be, I'd be shocked if this wasn't some sort of low budget superhero or supervillain somewhere in the Marvel or DC canon, but that is Mantis Man. Mantis Man. Oh my gosh. I don't think that's a superhero. You've got Blue Beetle. You've got, you have the Flea who is voiced by Patrick Warburton. What? Yeah. Oh, the Flea is a superhero. Um, but I don't think there's any like mantis themed superheroes. Hmm. The only thing I'm getting is like Psychomantis from that one video game. Mm-hmm. I feel like um a female villain that's a praying mantis is really like missing an opportunity, like that they haven't made that. Oh yeah. Although by the way, here's another quick like here's a quick science fact, like just a zoology, not a cryptozoology fact, that I found out that made me very disappointed is that most praying mantis species do not do that thing. Most praying mantis species do not do the thing where the lady mantis eats the head of the male mantis. I've told you about fireflies though, right? Yes. Oh, Alex, tell the people about fireflies really quick before we go into this because fireflies are more terrifying in many ways than mantis man. Oh, they totally are. So here is a fun, cool fact about firefly biology. I, um, I have like a wealth of biology knowledge and I I will not apologize for it. I used to be like a huge science head. Um, but... Oh, you used to be a nerd? What a surprise. I used to be a nerd. Like, I know this is shocking to all of you out there. Um, but yeah, I used to be kind of a nerd. Um, so lightning bugs, right? Mm-hmm. There's a concept in biology where species can differentiate themselves in a lot of ways. So a lot of the creatures that we look at and we think those are the same. They're not really the same because through some, uh, method or another, they're not biologically viable with one another. So basically something is the same species. If those two animals can, creatures, I guess, animals, I don't know. If those two entities, <laughs> can reproduce and produce viable offspring. So mm-hmm. like a horse and a donkey can reproduce and create a mule. But mules can't. But mules aren't viable. Mules mm-hmm. are sterile. So like horses and donkeys, not the same species. Um, and animals that are like physically the same, but cannot mate with each other for various reasons, not the same species, different species, different like subspecies. Um, so fireflies, there are a lot of fireflies that are like anatomically identical, but due to differences in mating pattern, will never reproduce. And the reason for that is typical firefly courting behavior is you like flash your species specific call sign, right? Like you flash your digits at a lady firefly. And if she like responds with like the, hey, yeah, I got that. Then like you come on over. It's like actually a practice that I think we should adopt in more like dating culture where you like stand across the bar at the other end and you like give her some flag language. And then if you get the same thing back, like you can go over and talk to her. Exactly. Otherwise you got to stay away. I would like that very much. <laughs> It'd be nice. Except the lady fireflies kind of ruin this for us because um, if a male firefly flashes a mating pattern that the female firefly 
like it's not hers or she doesn't like it, rather than just let that go, she will mimic exactly the pattern the male pi- firefly flashed. So he thinks it's okay to come over and then she will eat him. <laughs> I'm sorry, did you say that that was ruining it? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying she doesn't really give it the greatest track record. <laughs> I'm just saying that maybe things would be a little bit... No, I'm just kidding. I'm not saying... Um, although, if... Please don't turn this into a four podcast. It's not. <laughs> One, it already was. <laughs> Two, I would never... Was it? Cryptids eat people and things. The bunyip. We've never gone down that rabbit hole with it, though, I don't think. Mm-mm. I would remember that. It's really horrible that you said four and then you said down the rabbit hole. <laughs> anyway, so Mantis Man. Mantis man, I shouldn't even t- be talking about the head eating because obviously this is a mantis man, so it doesn't really affect anything. Not Because speaking in terms of what is traditionally laid out by praying mantis behavior, the ladies are the ones that chomp off the heads. Not, not making any kind of statement on that on gender roles in mantis society. I'm just saying that tends to be how it's observed. So mantis man may not actually, in fact, even be a praying mantis. Let me teach you a little bit about him. Mantis man is a bug-like creature that has been reported in Hackettstown, New Jersey, near the, oh boy, I should have looked up how to pronounce this, the Kong River. Yeah. This cryptid resembles a praying mantis, which is why it's called Mantis Man. Right. And is basically, has been featured on Monsters in America, or Monsters and Mysteries in America. It's basically been sighted multiple times, but there are two specifically famous sightings of the Mantis Man. And as far as we know, unlike a lot of the previous cryptids I've covered, Mantis Man doesn't hurt anybody. He just kind of hangs out. Uh, he likes to... What's his motivation? What's his gimmick? What's he looking he for? He swims in the river. Um, he swims in the river with his huge size. He can touch the bottom of the river without its whole body drifting away through the current. Well, how big How big is he? Oh, I, you're going to hear more about oh, how big no. he is. In all of its reports, the mantis man doesn't harm anyone. It's likely afraid of the people who encounter it because it always seems to run away when they get too close. Which is like kind of sweet in a sad little way. I'm like, he didn't, he didn't want to be bothered. No, he didn't ask for this. <laughs> he didn't ask. I like him a lot, a little bit. First of all, I'll share some theories about the Mantis Man. Uh, a lot of the theories about the Mantis Man, people think that the Mantis Man may have been some sort of genetic experiment gone wrong. Oh my. And the people who couldn't control it set it free near a river. <laughs> Which I love the idea of that. It's sort of like when people buy those uh, baby alligators and then they get big into big gators, so they just kind of leave them in the wild. It's oh, like that. because I was thinking of it more as like a combination Godzilla Free Willy movie. Where, like, oh. There's a horrible experiment goes wrong, but like then some some plucky young kid, like in a troubled home situation, makes friends with the Mantis Man and oh. realizes that like what they both need is to be free. Oh, all he needs is a friend. Yeah, exactly. What quirky human food do you think the Mantis Man would eat in his movie? Because you've got, like, E.T. and you've got, like, that movie that I talked about on the Kelpie episode where the Loch Ness Monster eats Oreos. So what? Uh, gummy worms. Gummy. Oh, damn, that's good. Gummy worms. Mantis Man loves gummy worms. I'm, I'm inventing some, can- like, Mantis Man canon right now. <laughs> he loves them. We're world building with the Mantis Man. Yes. Oh, uh, so anyway... Some people speculate that there are more than just one of these roaming around, which is, whew, real spooky. I don't know how I feel about that. The reason people think it's a giant mantis instead of something else is because it tends to, uh, or he, if we're saying it's a man, I feel like I shouldn't call him an it. That seems really rude. Uh, behaves like a mantis and presents itself like a mantis. It has wings that spread, has a face shape that has sort of big bulbous like eyes that and then a face that comes to a point like praying mantis shape well, yeah, has, it looks like a mantis and walks like a mantis and acts like a mantis mm-hmm. it has those little arms it has those little like i'm doing gestures like you can see them it has those little t-rexy kind of praying mantis arms 
There oh, were those the same? Not, not so. Okay, I was trying to explain like that they look kind of stubby and like bent. Don't praying mantises have like those long arms that like fold back on themselves? Yeah, you're right. They look stubby when they're all folded in. Okay, they're like this. Can you imagine if that's actually what T Rexes were doing? Yeah. Like, we make fun of T Rexes for having short arms, but what if they were just like praying mantis arms that unfolded into these horrible appendages? I believe in it. Um, now here's my favorite mantis man theory. And that is that the Mantis Man is an alien. And this might sound a little bit far-fetched, but also you're listening to a cryptid podcast, so I bet not too far-fetched. But as someone who identifies pretty heavily with, with Fox Mulder, I'm ready to jump to alien conclusions, particularly... You ever heard of the knife alien? You ever heard of the Mantis alien? Well, particularly because the face shape... I don't know. I mean, I'm sure most of you have seen a praying mantis before. They are interesting, and they tend to hang out on, like, screen doors in the summer, or you might spot them out in nature. But the way their face is shaped... With the big, bulbous eyes and then kind of a face that widens at the top and then comes to a finer point at the bottom. It's not a very different face shape from how greys are described, grey aliens. And so I don't think it's too out of the question for people to associate, particularly because, and I'll go into this, this thing is human-sized. It's huge. It doesn't, it's not just a very big praying mantis. And it's described as having human legs. Or humanoid e- legs. Excuse me? It has humanoid legs. I was not prepared for that. Oh, yeah. I wanted to... I'm going to give you little bits at a time to help you paint like, this you picture. you said human-sized, and I was thinking, like, oh, that's actually a lot smaller than I was anticipating. Like, because you're talking about Mantis Man, and you said, like, he's just horrifyingly big. And I'm thinking, like, like a house-sized mantis. Okay, I'm sorry. Is a human-sized praying mantis not horrifying to you? Well, I feel like we're on the same level in that context. You know, like, I can talk to them. But you're not on the same level, because the praying mantis has a lot of stuff going for it that you do not have. Okay, like, here's the thing, and maybe this is weird, I might be alone in thinking this. You might. If I'm gonna fight something, and I'm not saying I would immediately jump to fighting the mantis man, like, hopefully we could find some common ground, maybe sit down for scones and tea, but if I'm gonna fight, if I have to fight some sort of, like, horrifying threat, I want it to be roughly the same size as me. Well, yeah. No, because here's the thing. If I'm fighting something smaller than me, it's got like a tactical advantage, right? Uh-huh. It's really easy for something small. So if this if this like a like a pugwudgie, a pugwudgie can like slip under your legs or like get around behind you or like run under your arms if you like bend down to grab it. Like, but a thing that is the same size as me, mm-hmm. I can grapple with. I don't have to be able to beat it. I just have to be able to like hold my own long enough for something else to show up, right? right? So like when you say like if there's a big size difference, that's when it gets spooky. Okay, well At there is for me. There is still a pretty big size difference because when I say it's human sized, I don't mean Alex human sized. I mean it's seven feet tall. What humans are you hanging out with? I'm sorry, NBA basketball players. I'm not convinced you know that either what humans or the NBA are. <laughs> How dare you? It's okay, but that's not like enough of a size difference that I couldn't fight it. Okay, do you fight seven foot tall? I'll fight anything. Will you? I talk a lot of shit for somebody who's generally a pacifist. And also, like, how tall are you, Alex? I'm about 5'9". Yeah. So you'd fight a 7-foot tall mantis? Yes. All right. If that was the only option presented to me, if the scones and tea thing didn't go over. Oh, boy. Okay. You reject my hospitality and you're going to get wrecked, son. You know what? That's fair. It's an Appalachia thing. Let's talk a little bit more about the appearance of the Mantis Man, because I like painting the picture a little, like, slowly. I like kind of, I like a slow reveal. I believe that, like, the movie Cloverfield kind of taught me. The mystery is the best part of any given creature, and when you see the full picture, it can lose a bit of its impact. So I, I like to take my time. If you were looking for a slow burn Cryptid Keeper episode, we've got the one for you. I don't know why you put your, you put your, like, bodice ripper novel voice on, but... Oh, man. It's your voice. That's your Beast of Bray Road voice. Well, no, my Beast of Bray Road voice was... 
Uh, we're not going to go back. We're not going to do it. Let's, well, please do not do this. Please do not on my profile. So the creature is described as standing seven feet high, having mandibles and large, intense black eyes. Intense. He's very dreamy. Oh, no. <laughs> no. An observer described the creature as fading as it moved up the riverbank where it was spotted, leading to speculation that the beast can use camouflage and blend into its surroundings. Like it can kind of chameleon itself a little bit. Or it's just green to begin with, and that's not hard. No, but it fades as it... Yeah, I guess. I'm just saying, like, it's already green the first time they see it. Describing it as fading only really makes sense if it's changing something as it goes. I guess. Like, the Vantus was always green. The second observer reported hearing a humming and feeling tingling sensations, and then seeing the Mantis Man spread its wings when observed by him in a threatening gesture. Oh, this is getting weirdly bright roadie again. <laughs> no, it's not. It was trying to... No. I saw you in the forest. I heard you humming, and I felt a tingling sensation. Okay, but the threatening right. gesture is hardly Beast of Bray Road. It's Beast You're of right, that's more like a food. twilight thing. Yeah, the, no, the threatening gesture, it's like, it's like, you want to go? I, okay, I'm just going to say, as somebody who has read maybe like one <laughs> erotic novel in her life, and it was Breaking Dawn... That is um, not so an erotic novel. No, no, I'm just giving you a frame of uh-huh. reference. Like, I think that there's a, a close psychological link between things that are inherently terrifying and things that people find attractive. Hmm. Oh, you're not wrong. I'm just saying. So, like, when somebody describes themselves tingling all over and then someone makes a threatening gesture with his intense eyes, like, I get a little <laughs> skeptical. <laughs> oh, no. Mom, you're going to love my new boyfriend. <laughs> he's, so, he's really tall. He's really strong. And he's really religious. He loves to pray. Oh, he's he loves praying possible explanations for the mantis man as i covered are listed all all over as an unidentified species aka a cryptid aka that's exactly why we're here today right now talking about him and obviously an alien and i will talk a little bit more about the alien because this is one of the other pieces of information that lends itself to the alien theory and if you don't think aliens might be real, then I'm sorry because you're gonna find this not very relatable. But again, I'm I'm a Fox Mulder type, and I'm ready to and I want to believe the unlie is somewhere in the distance. So <laughs> after the sightings, speculation followed, and I'll go into exactly why when I cover the sightings specifically. But speculation followed that the creature was somehow psychic, Ooh. and a lot of. <laughs> And again, give as much credence to these as you would like, but a lot of alien encounters detail psychic interactions. Uh, a lot of the time, these cre- uh, like aliens or greys are portrayed as having no mouth, so they communicate. So they must scream? No. So they, well, yes, but they must, no, but they must uh, communicate. I don't want to think about that story, but uh, no mouth, so they uh, communicate telepathically or psychically uh, through either dreams or uh, direct, like, psychic communication, like Professor X style. Um <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. I love the idea of Professor X as a mantis man. <laughs> oh, I was thinking more just as like a gray alien, but you're right. Um, this is... Oh, this is a little bit of a tangent. I'm so sorry. I started playing D&D legit like two months ago, and it has taken over my life. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a listener, Kyle, who has built some incredible cryptid-themed monster builds mm-hmm. for D&D. Like, character builds, too. They're, like, playable characters. Yeah. I am obsessed. But I was just thinking, like, how amazing would it be to have, like, a Mantis Man cleric in, like, a cryptid D&D game? Yeah. That is, like, the ideal build, I think. Sorry, I was wrong. The Mantis Man is not green. He's brown. Oh. 
I assumed, I literally just assumed I saw praying mantis because there are brown praying mantises, praying mantis, um, but I just have, I like the green ones a lot and I think they're cool, so I just kind of associated. Uh, also, there's some fun fan art. I'll, I'll have to tweet this one out because I really like this drawing because it has a lot of notes on it too. Oh, I love him. Isn't he good? A large seven, eight foot tall praying mantis, brown mm -hmm. in color, seen primarily by lakes and rivers catching prey. Apparently able to cloak itself of turn invisible. <laughs> that, or it has an incredible instantaneous camouflage ability. I think it says or turn invisible. It says of. <laughs> Mutation? Alien? Praying mantis? Oh, where is it? Praying... I can't see everything off the screen. Mm -hmm. Usually show their wings as a ma as a threat display. One eyewitness reported it as... Reported it having a large set of wings. Yes, mm -hmm. this is good. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Now let me talk about, it's time for me to talk about some sightings. So this first sighting I love because it was not on a website dedicated to cryptids at all. This was a post on a website called Hackettstown Life, which is, as far as I can understand, just a website about this part of New Jersey. Amazing. And this headline is great. It's Mantis Man sighting on the Mekong, which is that river. This is no joke. <laughs> so this is no joke. I don't know if you guys are ready for laughs or a punchline or if you think Jerry Seinfeld's going to make an appearance, which would be really weird because we have no relationship with Jerry Seinfeld, but no jokes here. This is serious. I'm going to put on my serious radio voice, okay? Like my NPR voice. No, I get it. It's just that I know that people are now expecting a Jerry Seinfeld voice and I'm desperately racking my brain trying to figure out how to accomplish There will be that. no Jerry Seinfeld. Wait, actually, wait. What's the deal with praying mantises? <laughs> What's the deal with that? You like jazz. <laughs> you like jazz. <laughs> Concept, bee movie, but instead it's a praying mantis. It's bees, they're all praying mantis men. Where <laughs> 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 there's just one seven foot tall praying mantis in the midst of this bee colony in like an elf situation. Yes, I like where that. Where he doesn't realize how big he is. <laughs> that sounds cute as heck. Also... I'm more willing to believe that a more willing to believe that a woman will leave her boyfriend for an insect man if he is like also a human-sized person that she can interact with and not worry that she's gonna literally murder him by accident with her hand. I'm um, just really distressed that we live in a time where we could qualify like the varying realism on a sliding scale of situations in which women are inclined to leave their partners for insect men. <laughs> <laughs> I know the movie says they're just friends. They're not just friends. I've seen the way they look at each other. Okay. I've seen all of B movie once in seven minutes. <laughs> I feel like that's not the intended viewing experience. It may not be the intended viewing experience, but I guarantee you it's the best one. Fair B movie, but every time uh, they say B, it's a praying mantis. Oh no. <laughs> okay. So uh, let me talk about this first. I have two sightings I want to cover today. Uh, my first sighting is the one, of course, headlined, this is no joke. Yeah, heck, so, it's town life. Hit us up. Mm -hmm. This, I just, I'm going to read this verbatim a little bit and then I'll go into summary because I love this. <laughs> I just, this is fascinating. Okay. I like a good story like anyone else, but my friend told me a story that was so profound that I felt the need to share it with the rest of the town. This friend of mine who told me this story is a very successful businessman. Oh. Deep into our conversation today. He started tearing up uncontrollably and told me he had something to get off his chest that had been eating at him for some time. I hope you're ready for this, because I wasn't. Can you imagine? <laughs> you're having a conversation with your very successful business friend. Also, I'm obsessed with that as a qualifier, because, like, you know how businessmen never lie about anything. Um, ah, but, anyway. but anyway, you're just, like, having a conversation with your entrepreneurial 
acquaintance mm-hmm. and out of nowhere you're probably talking about like stocks and bonds or something or like the weather mm-hmm. and he just starts tearing up and says there's something i need to get off my chest like i would not be prepared for anything that came out of that man's well, mouth i would have what i would be prepared for was i have a tumor or my wife is leaving me i wouldn't be prepared for i saw a mantis man um i'd be yeah i'd be prepared for some sort of not that it's less serious but garden variety kind of life problem I, yeah i'd be prepared for i like i found out my wife is cheating on me or something i don't there's anything more garden variety than a giant bug go to jail hey go to go to directly to jail do not pass go do not collect 200 dollars. going to pun jail because i made a pun fail <laughs> okay so about a year ago the said friend and his brother were at steven state stevens state park fishing right around dusk during this time, while his brother was roughly 50 can, can yards... Can we a mental image of, like, a, an actor's dramatization here? Like, so cast these parts for me. Who, okay. who do we have? Um, I want, like, maybe... Okay. Uh, Dave Franco is down, is the brother. He's the brother. And James Franco is the friend. James, <laughs> Dave Franco is oh, down... it's the, funny. They look just like brothers. Yeah, That's Dave, a really convincing casting Thank choice. you. Dave Franco is about 50 yards downstream fishing, and he said he felt a strange vibration in his right ear, and because of that, he turned and looked to the right. When he turned and looked to the right, he saw a six to seven foot praying mantis looking man standing there and unable to believe that he could see the see them. Like seemingly the creature looked surprised that it could be it was being observed. Oh like it was like Phew. the humming sound was its uh its its cloaking device going down. <laughs> I like that. I like that uh... very much. <laughs> or it's what it sounds like when it's going. Hmm? <laughs> Um, I love that too. He said the creature was black and gray, and to be quite honest, the way my buddy was telling me the story, I was having a tough time. I know he saw this thing because I could see it in his face. Anyhow, we googled praying mantis man on the Musconet Kong right after that, and it turned out my friend is not alone. That's, yeah, the praying mantis man. Wait, so that's it? That's That was one of the sightings that I found information about. They There's just saw no, him. like... Wait, no, but there's no resolution to that story. They turn and they see the mantis. And then, like, what? Well, clearly they survived. Well, no, but they just... Like, they just... They see each other in the woods. It's, like, a little awkward because they both pretend it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Good. Okay. So, something probably super exciting happened in that weird little break in the recording. I wonder what it was. There was a mantis man. But we were both just, like, too awkward to address it, so... <laughs> he just kind of stood in the corner and looked really uncomfortable. There was, like, a <laughs> sound, and we were like, um... And he was just kind of like, uh... And Kramer burst in through the door. <laughs> and then uh, we opened the door, and it was it was our terrible neighbor, Newman. And I said, hello, Newman. <laughs> Amazing. Jerry Seinfeld's gonna sue me. Uh, okay. He has better things to do than sue a 21-year-old girl. Um, Does he... Well, now he's going to sue now us. Now he's going to sue us. <laughs> All right. So this is uh, a sighting that was sent in to phantomsandmonsters.com, which is a website that is your daily dose of paranormal activity, cryptids, UFOs, unexplained phenomenon, alien beings, eyewitness encounters, and the best alternative news. So great place to go, I think. It especially, like, has a lot of fun reads. So this is the other sighting uh, that I found of the praying mantis man on the... Musconet Kong River in Hackettstown, New Jersey. This is an email sent to the website's host from um, a witness in Northwest New Jersey. Who The correspondence is as follows, and this is how they explained it. So 
This was another fishing trip, actually. So how about just like, I'm going to expand on my don't go in the woods thing and say don't go fishing unless, I mean, you want to make a new friend. I mean, so far it doesn't seem like the mannest man has done anything. No, that's my point. He doesn't do anything. I just mean like if it freaks you out that badly, because the other guy was crying a lot talking about the mannest man. <laughs> Have you seen that video actually of like, it's a guy fishing mm -hmm. and this enormous bear just comes up and walks over. Like you can tell that's usually the bear's spot and he's kind of like, oh, there's someone else here. But like rather than make a fuss about it, he like walks over. He looks over the guy's shoulder down into the river to like see what's up. <laughs> and then he just like moves over and sits next to the guy for a few minutes. Then he gets <laughs> up and walks so, away. That's like, so that's sweet. That's how I'm imagining the mantis man. He like walks over. He's like, oh, uh, this is, well, you know, this is usually my fish. Well, I guess my name's not on it. Um, huh. Yeah, yeah, I'll just, I'll just come back later. Okay, yeah, I'll read this eyewitness statement in a minute, but I have to really quickly, speaking of comparing the mantis man to a bear, all I can think of because the mantis man is always in the river. You know that video of the bear running across the water and the guy thinks the bear drowned, but then it's okay because he didn't. And the guy's like, there's a video that makes me really oh, happy. Man. There's a video of a guy who like sees a bear. He's like, the guy filming is like, oh, it's a bear. And then you, you it looks like the bear has like gone under the water and the guy screams, no. And then he like, uh, the camera readjusts and he sees the bear still running. He goes, oh shit, there he is. Oh man. <laughs> Here he comes. Uh, and that's how I imagine maybe one or two of these encounters with the Manus Man because Good. they say he like fades in and out of oh, no. sight. So like <laughs> Manus Man running through the water and the man's like, oh, Manus Man. And then he disappears and he's like, no. <laughs> then he's there. Just kidding. Okay, that's what I would do. I would freak <laughs> out. If I thought the Manus, something happened to the Manus Man. <laughs> Just kidding. He's fine. Okay. So this was someone about five years prior to this uh, being published, but this was, and this was published in 2011. So this was seen like around 2006-ish. This was a person who was fly fishing on this river in New Jersey, obviously, with their boss and saw briefly what could only be described as a praying mantis man. Although the water was clear, there had been heavy rains in the past couple of days. The, cur the river was smooth, but the current was exceptionally strong. So the person writing this wants to make sure that you know they are privy to the paranormal and have always been. Shadow people, ghosts, etc. But what they encountered that day was not a spirit. It was a biological living creature. But it disappeared into thin air almost as soon as I saw it. For whatever reason, my searches at the time turned up nothing. But then, by chance, I came across an alien race type video on YouTube. And there in the artwork, I saw ancient mantis leaders. So I began searching mantis alien instead of praying mantis man. And I found a lot more. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Basically, the theory about uh, this, there's a little bit more theory and then it gets more into the details of the sighting. And I really do like this theory. It's that they are, the way that these creatures, if they're aliens, function is they exist in a slightly different dimensional state. And so they kind of flicker in and out of what we're able to perceive in terms of the oh, way we okay. perceive light like and color and everything. Exactly. So it's like they're they're there the whole time. They're not actively trying to cloak. They just exist kind of on a plane of light that like we our brain doesn't pick up. Like there are colors we don't pick up. It's the same kind of idea. Especially uh, since it's speaking so much about like the vibrations and sounds that they make. Mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting to think of the mantis man as maybe a creature that like is primarily sort of ruled by frequencies, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Now it says right here. I just happened to catch it. Movement out of the corner of my eye to the left, and there it was. Humanoid. Tall. Six feet at least. Uh, I sense six, six to seven. Moving away from me, back up the bank. I am chest high in the river. The first thing I see was the grasshopper thigh, but bending forward like a human. So it was like, you know how bug legs do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the knee joint working like a human's legs. Oh, oh I hate that gosh. image. That's yucky. Um, then the whole form. He's looking at me over his shoulder, moving up the bank, astonished. <laughs> 
And just, excuse me? Yeah. But we lock eyes and this creature is astonished. I get the sense that he can't believe that I have seen him and that I am not perturbed at all. I still don't know. Just astonishment. And he is actually trying to get away from me and the water. He had a triangular head, huge slanted black eyes like a praying mantis. Its whole body was gangly and knobby, but you could still sense that it was powerful. And no, I would not say it was a big bug. It was definitely humanoid despite the mantis and insect qualities. I did not tell my boss about this who was in the water too, about 50 yards behind me at the time. <laughs> Why would you not? Why would you not tell him? I mean, I guess because you don't want to sound like a, you're losing it, but uh, yeah, that's that's so interesting. There was, yeah. This, they, I stressed the impression that the mantis man was somehow cloaked and I caught it at just the right moment. It abruptly found itself a new, against a new or blank background and was adjusting quickly. So it was like, that's wild. Yeah. And it was just like, Whoa. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> that's so fascinating. It t- elaborates a lot on the way that its arms and legs looked like the legs having kind of the grasshopper look, but bending in the way of a human's. And it does specify in this encounter that the arms, and you're like this, it's a little beast of Bray Road, that the arms were normal humanoid looking arms and not the literal mantis forelegs I have seen recently in drawings of them. Oh my God. You know what I'm thinking of? Tell me. There was, it used, uh, okay, Adult Swim, right? Like mm-hmm. the Cartoon Network. Yeah. Adult Swim Network. What was that guy? There was like a mantis dude. On one of those adult swim shows. Well, I'm gonna look it up. Welcome to this another segment of Addison on Google. We're gonna write a little jingle for that. Addison on Google? Sounds good. Search in the deep web for quality content. I'm not on the it's deep web. Addison on Google. Not the deep web, like the shallow web. The shallow web. His I... name was Zorak. Yeah. He was on Space that's Ghost. That's who I'm thinking about. Yeah, he was on Space, on Space Ghost. Ghost. Does he kind of like fit the description we're talking about? Um, he has mantis arms. Okay. I thought they were, like, at least human-ish. They look like the little, like, They're I'm like, doing the gesture. Do they have hands? He doesn't have hands. Oh, okay. Never mind. I think. Now I'm questioning it. Does he have hands? Does... Does Zorak have hands? Zorak have hands. I'm gonna ask Yahoo answers. Does him have hands? Does he have hands? <laughs> Adult Swim Mantis. His name is Zorak. He's a fictional character. He does have hands. I lied to you. He does have hands. Aha! Okay. Yeah, they are, like, human-ish arms. His, like, it looks like he has gloves mm-hmm. that emulate the praying mantis thing, but he's also got bug legs that do bend in the way that human legs do. I think Zorak may be, like, our prime contender for a, a mental image here. Of the mantis man. You know, we can tweet out a picture. I, I had one more... Look at him go. Oh, because he has the legs, too. Yeah. Uh, that look a lot like grasshopper legs, but they bend the human way. Um, really quickly, I have a little bit more mantis man uh, stuff to cover. Uh, this is a really, I love the Mantis Man. He seems like he's just kind of, at the be- at the worst, he's a neutral figure. And at the best, he's like altruistic in a lot of ways. Because uh, there was uh, an episode of the show, the series Monsters and Mysteries in America, that aired in 2015 that covered witnesses of the Mantis Man. And there was a story, there were a couple stories about uh, eyewitnesses that I haven't covered that were not in New Jersey, actually. Supposedly, during the, there was a horrible tornado in Joplin, Missouri on May 22nd, 2011. And supposedly there were some sort of strange beings with big wings that shielded witnesses from debris and waves and like the wind and kept people safe during this big, scary tornado. And they were compared to looking a lot like the Mantis Man. Well, that's pretty awesome. So I really think that it's entirely possible that Mantis Man is the hero we need, the hero we deserve, the silent, secret defender of humanity. Oh, man. I love him. Mm -hmm. I want, like, one of those cool, like, young teen novels where it's, like, 
uh, a, you know, like a 13 year old girl finds herself like in charge suddenly of this whole secret, like being the defender of this whole secret realm she knew nothing about. Except instead of like the young girl, it turns out that Mantis Man is actually supposed to be like the keeper of all the cryptids. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, this is my personal Mantis Man kind of headcanon, I think, is that uh, Mantis Man is like, uh, he's, he's like a less violent, less uh, emotionally stunted Batman. Um, sorry, but um, not that he's a person, but because he is like the silent, thankless defender of all these people, and he doesn't want to be known, he doesn't want to be seen. I want to know Mantis Man's origin story. I want to know it too. Well, maybe, I hope he's an, I actually, this is a weird thing to say, but I hope he's an alien, because I don't want to think about the fact, if he's an experiment gone wrong, because that whole thing just opens doors to make me very sad. You'd rather have him be, like, a creature stranded millions of miles from home? I don't think he's stranded. I think maybe he came here to help. I think he came here to help. He's like the doctor on Doctor Who. (laughs) Confirmed. (laughs) Doctor Who is a mantis man. Okay, so there's a lot of talk about who to cast as the new doctor, and people are like... I think we've got it. Yeah. There's, like, people are like, well, we need variety. We need diversity. And I'm like, what's... What better diversity than casting an insectoid? What's a more diverse casting choice than a non-human actor? Think. I think we need to help Mantis Man break into the biz. But the thing is that clearly he doesn't want to be seen, so I'm not sure if television is where he wants to be. Well, I mean, you know, it's like, why doesn't he want to be seen? Does he want to be does he not want to be seen, or does he like not want to be seen? Oh. It seems like Mantis Man is really only upset when you catch him in like vulnerable moments, right? So like maybe yeah. actually helping him find a way to sort of channel that in these like Aww. beautifully constructed instances where he can be vulnerable in front of a large audience. Like that might help him. I think Mantis Man might be my, one of my new favorite cryptids because he's the sweetest cryptid we've covered because he's he doesn't great. he doesn't hurt anybody. And I love the descriptions that when you see him somewhere, he's just so surprised that he's you've like, oh. seen him. Yeah, he's just like, whoa. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Whoa, all right. He's, Slow down there, pal. Yeah. He's so surprised. He's like, it's like you've caught him like changing somewhere and he's like, Excuse me. Ah, uh, I love Mantis Man. He's really good. Isn't he nice? Also, I thought we might want something a little bit more heartwarming and a little bit less destructive after the Kelpie, which drowns scores of children on its sticky back. Well, but- not score, one score, a score, 20 kids. Like, all right, just okay, 20 at once, but be accurate. 20 at once, but don't pretend to me that the Kelpies don't do more than that over their whole lifetime. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess they do if you want to get technical. That's not even technical. That's just whatever. Mantis Man is uh, definitely a new favorite of mine. I think he's very, I think he's the most charming cryptid. I think he's like, who's a lovable recluse? You know what the, you know what the Mantis Man is like? Uh, the, the stepdad that Liam Neeson plays in Love Actually? Oh, damn, that's cute as heck. No, I was going to say that the Mantis Man is like Boo Radley. Oh, a little bit. I bet he leaves, I bet he also leaves like string and nice presents for children in the holes of trees. I want to, I want to read To Kill a Mantis Man. (laughs) To Kill a Mantis Man. You better not. No, but I really am hoping for a bunch of photoshops of like the Mantis Man in various movies, like throughout Mm -hmm. history, like iconic scenes. Mm. I love it. Oh my gosh, wait. (laughs) One more thing. All I can think about is... I want a remake of the movie Predator, except because you know how the Predator has that cloaking device, except oh, for man, instead of being yeah, and instead of being there to hunt people for sport and for fun and make that creepy clicking sound, he makes like a delightful humming noise and just kind of shows up occasionally to act surprised that people are in the woods. No, 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 I'll tell you what it should be. This goes back to this thing we were talking about at the beginning of the episode because it's plot circularity. But we were talking about like how slow burn things are actually the best and like the reveal mm. kind of can be a little bit underwhelming. Mm-hmm. So I want a Predator remake. 
where you do not see the predator until the very end, right? So like all this time it's like building up in like these horrifying instances and like the sense of something being there, but you don't know what it is. And at the very end, you like finally spot all of him and it's just the mantis man and he just kind of like freezes and he's like, oh, <laughs> and then he just skitters away. I want, yeah, I want a, I want a predator remake that is like the mantis man movie, but Tucker and Dale versus evil. So you find out that all ah. of like the deaths and like the bad things throughout the movie were not caused by the mantis man at all, but were just kind of horrible twists of fate. And the mantis man, meanwhile, has been running around trying to prevent said death. Oh no, he's so stressed. <laughs> he's so stressed out. Oh, poor mantis man. <laughs> oh, I love him so much. He's a really good boy. I like him a lot. He's a good boy. 10 out of 10. He's my favorite boy. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Now, I... This man reminds me a lot of the Mothman, actually, in many ways. Oh, good. I think there's a lot of... I think we're learning that insect boys are good boys. Insect boys are good boys. Yeah. I think the Mantis Man and the Mothman could hang out, maybe. They probably do. Because the Mantis Man has uh, wings. He could fly and hang out with A them. lot of people come down from New Jersey to, to West Virginia. There's like a yeah. pipeline. Yeah. I bet he would love the mountains. Probably. I'm getting really emotionally invested in the Mantis Man, you guys. Mantis Man, if you're listening to this, please reach out to us. We want to help you. We want to, like... I know you maybe don't talk with uh, human language, but we'd love to have you on the show if you would just want to sit in the corner and hum. <laughs> That's a good point. Thank you. <laughs> he just kind of... No, he just kind of conveys all he needs to with a meaningful Yeah, he's look. just like... Oh, I was saying with a meaningful... <laughs> he, conveys, he conveys everything he needs to with a meaningful look. His intense slanted mantis eyes. I love him! Uh, what what guys think girls want. What no, girls, what actually, girls want. actually want. <laughs> a, he's tall. He has beautiful eyes. He's so kind. He's sweet. He's, he's a good tall. listener. Yeah. He, he cares about people. He is good at knowing how to blend in. When he so what you're saying is if we... <laughs> Oh, this is so bad. Like a mystery date episode of Cryptid Keeper Podcast. It's like the Beast of Bray Road is behind one curtain and the Mantis Man is behind another curtain. You're like, are you interviewing me? But it's like, what's your... I, I run into you on a dark road at night. What's your response? And the Beast of Bray Road's like, I'm going to do it. What's a beast voice? I'm going to run on the hood of your car. I'm going to jump on the hood of your car. <laughs> then we can go watch a drive-in movie. And the, and the Mantis Man's like... <laughs> <laughs> Me, by the way, that's not any edit. That's just, just that's just a sound I'm making with my human mouth. I'm very sorry. They don't know you have a human mouth. You might have another mouth, like on the back of your neck, that's like an insect mouth. There are reasons why this will never be a visual podcast, <laughs> and that's one of the them. truth is out. You can never see my secret mouth, <laughs> my secret second mouth, my secret second mouth at the nape of my neck that I hide with this short haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, why are you, why are you never take off your scarf? <laughs> Alex, why don't you take off your scarf? Uh, you can't know. <laughs> it's like that story about the green it ribbon. It is nothing like the green ribbon story. <laughs> Except instead of her head falling off, she has a secret insect mouth. I have mouth a secret insect mouth. On her neck. It's how I talk to cryptids. <laughs> it's how you talk to the Mothman. It's how I talk to the Mothman. Oh my gosh. So really quick, I'll give you a little rating scale. I know I've like asked you a lot of questions about the Mantis Man so far. Actually, yeah, here's the thing. So say you're playing, you're the bachelorette on an episode of the cryptid dating game. Okay, right? I love it. So you have, but except for on this particular episode of the cryptid dating game, you have exactly one question that you can ask the contestants and you can't see them. All right. So, but you know, but you know that behind one of each of the, uh, there are three doors behind one door, Beast of Bray Road, behind okay. one door, Minnesota Dogman. behind one door, <laughs> Mantis Man. What one question would you ask to narrow down which one is your dream cryptid 
partner, your cryptozoological dreamboat. <laughs> no, I want an English question. Oh, please. you want an English? Okay. Um, hmm. Am I allowed to have anything in my pocket? <laughs> what would you have in your pocket? Just answer the question. <laughs> you could have something in your pockets. Okay, great. I withdraw a milk bone treat from my pocket. <laughs> and I throw it in the direction of the three <laughs> the three doors. <laughs> and I'm hoping that both the Beast of Bray Road and the Minnesota Dogman, with their keen senses of smell and their dog-like inclinations, will be distracted long enough for... <laughs> For me to uh, to discern which door holds my true love. That seems like tr- like cheating. That seems like treating, and it seems like cheating. But how is it treating and cheating? It's not. <laughs> it's not. I really want to go back and watch an old episode of. I want to find an episode of the dating game where like a woman throws like a burrito to distract <laughs> the men and make them run out and grab the food. I uh, maybe okay. So what would I actually ask to get the? Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry that you didn't like my creative solution. You so, mean your one where you cheated? I would, it's not cheating. You said I could have something in my pocket. That's why I asked. <laughs> I'll explain again. Come on down. Yeah. Hello. My pockets are just lousy with milk bones. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, why is it crunch when you walk? Uh, okay, worry what, about it. What's your question? Okay, do you, do you want me to like ask it in person or like just describe to you the nature of question I would ask? I don't want the limitations of the show. I want you to slip into the. I want you to slip into the role. I want you to be in those circumstances. Okay. I want you to okay. craft your truth. Um, I need you to to do some more world building for me then. Describe the stage. Where am I sitting in relation to them? Okay, well, have you seen the dating game ever? I, I know what a dating game is. No, I know, but like... All right, so we've got like a super fun and this funky... This is a reboot for the modern era, though. Okay, well, we've got a super fun and funky multicolor like set like it's very bright and inviting you've got like some really nice like light blues you've got like Mm -hmm. it's it's just a very pretty space to be there's like some flower decals on the big sign that says the dating game and you are in a a nice like spinning office chair oh yes you're in a spinning office chair and then there's a big like wall blocking between you and the the doors with the three bachelors right right right. who's my host Who's the host? Are you the host? I'm the host. You're the host. Great. I'm the host. Cool. I booked that sweet hosting gig after the all the time I spent in game show school. Oh, that's excellent. Congrats. Thank you. I'm so happy for you. Thank this you so much. This is a big move. Yeah, it's a big deal. So that's where you are, and I need you to go ahead and give me that give me that good, good question. She's tossing her hair. I well, I don't have much of it to toss, but there was an attempt. She's yes, there was an attempt. There was a, there was a hair. I have tossing. to pay, I have to tell the audience what they're missing. Yeah, it's it's definitely like a, a visual component of this character that I'm inhabiting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say playing. I'm in, I'm inhabiting. You're becoming this character. I am Alex Flanagan. <laughs> Are you? Do it in this moment. I am. That's a really great clarity. Get on with it. I'm sorry. I'm trying. I just this is a very big moment for me. No, I was just doing a Monty Python. This is like life deciding. Um. I'm sitting in my beautiful spinning office chair with yes. my short hair tucked behind my ear. And I say, as someone who grew up in a very musical family in the household of Appalachia, music is just such an important part of my day-to-day life. And I would love it right now if each of you could just sing something for me that encapsulates a little bit of who you are. Oh, man. And I'm presuming I would get to, like, sounds like a... <laughs> I think the Beast of Prairie would probably do a lovely rendition of Wild Thing. Wild Thing! 
And then um, the Minnesota dog man would probably like go into Thriller. <laughs> I was thinking he would sing my favorite song from. I was thinking he'd sing my favorite song from Thirty Rock, which is Werewolf Bar Mitzvah, Spooky Scary. Okay, so I think that's about gonna do it for us on this week's episode of The Cryptic Keeper. Um, the point is, the Mantis Man starts humming, and it's my heart's song, and we fall in love. Do it one more time, <laughs> please. <laughs> he loves it. He's perfect. I love him. I love that noise. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll record it and make it your ringtone. This kills the man. If you're a Patreon donor, you, you can get a Mantis Man ringtone. Wait, that would be really great. We should do ringtones. We, love, we should a, do ringtones. That'll be another benefit. We do. Uh, so really quick, I want to shout out, thank all of you who have been supporting us on Patreon and all of you who've just been supporting us in general. As always, you're the ones who keep this thing running. It's amazing. You're superstars and we couldn't be more grateful. And do you have any announcements you have to make or not? Um, yeah, just to say that all those April rewards are on the way, or mm-hmm. the rewards that for people that pledged in April to get in on the May tier mm-hmm. are on their way. We're just having, um, we want to make sure we explore all of our options and like get you guys the highest quality content that we can. Mm-hmm. It's been a little crazy with the end of the school year for Addison. Yes. But, um, also, I've been moving. <laughs> she's been moving too. There's like a lot happening. But it's happening. It's, it's in the works. It's happening. It's all happening. Uh, and we will get that stuff to you ASAP. And a reminder that we still have that thing going where when we get to our next, uh, like, group of 10 reviews. Yeah, we're at 37 right now. So if you can take us up to that, yeah, then you too could win some fun stickers, which will be out soon. We have to get them printed. And we'll we- be announcing on our Facebook page and our Twitter and in the Facebook group, which you, again, should join if you're not in there. It's yes. pretty awesome. The, the Cryptic Keeper Appreciation yes. Group. Sorry. There you go. Yes. Um, so we'll be announcing there when all of these things ship so you have an expectation of when to expect them. Exactly. So as a reminder, you can find us on Twitter at CryptKeepPod, C-R-Y-P-K-E-E-P-P-O-D. And on Facebook is The Cryptid Keeper. And our Facebook group is The Cryptid Keeper Appreciation Group. Quick shout out as well to the good folks at Alexandria Archives, on that, which you heard an ad for at the beginning of this episode, for helping us keep the show running and for being our sponsors these next couple of weeks. And your stars, kids. Your stars, kids. And as always, our music is by Andrew Giada. And thank you for listening. Hope we can keep you around. Stay safe out there.